I am Caleb Combs. I did used to actively be part of this wonderful youth group, and Honey Badger still don't care, nor does it give a rip. Yes, no. Um, I get really excited when I get to come back and teach you guys. I really enjoyed the years that I got to be with you. Um, and I'm glad for friends like Ryan who uh, have encouraged me in teaching and, and helping me through this. So I want to ask you guys a question tonight. What is a friend? And you're welcome to respond. What is a friend? Somebody who's got your back no matter what. What about when you're wrong? I'm serious. That is also a parent, someone who's willing to correct you when you're wrong. Yes. Okay, someone who's got your back, even when you're wrong, and willing to guide you in the right direction. Zach. Wow, that's the best one I've heard so far. Someone who builds you up in Christ. Well, friendship is a favorite topic of mine. It's kind of an interesting question. It's not an easy word to define. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about this in my years. Um, the modern Webster Dictionary would define a friend as a person who you like and enjoy being with. Does that sound about right to you guys? Some of you are shaking your head. Yes? No? I don't, you know, I really don't enjoy most acquaintances, honestly. Just, just to put that one out there. Does that sound like a good definition of a friend? No. Now, there's truth to this. Don't get me wrong. I think one of the benefits of having a good friendship with somebody is that you do enjoy their company. And that you do like them, at least most of the time. I can't say that I've always liked my friends all of the time. In fact, God has this hilarious thing with me um, where very often when I meet somebody and I don't like them a lot, I know that if I just give them about eight weeks, I'll probably like them a lot. It's his grace working humility in me. <clears throat> so we are often drawn to people because we like and enjoy being with them, but does, is that what really makes them our friend? And I don't think it is. Uh, what about when you don't like them much anymore? Does a friendship just stop? What about when uh, you don't enjoy being around them anymore? I think a lot of people, especially in our culture today, would define friendship like the dictionary does, but it's not what real friendships are. So turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians 2. Philippians 2, and we'll start in verse 3. But I think before I, need to, before I go into this, I need to talk to, uh, to somebody important. Spell your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I cannot thank you enough for your grace to me, that you let me have opportunities like this to speak about you. And I just pray that your love and your truth would be made manifest here in the hearts of these young men and women tonight. And I pray that you are glorified. I pray that change happens and that they think about you in this, that they don't think about me. And I pray that you would remove me out of this and let your truth be capitalized on. 
We love you so much, especially for your patience with us and your love for us. Amen. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I don't know about you, but when I think of what the ideal good friend is, I think about this passage right here. And there's a reason for that. How many of you know the word etymology? It's probably not something you've been introduced to yet in high school. Yes, I know you are. Anybody else know what etymology is? Etymology is the study of word origins, original meaning, and how those words have changed over time. So some of the words we have in today's modern English didn't always sound the same way that they used to. Well, our modern English word friend, F-R-I-E-N-D, comes from an old English word, and I'm just going to try this one, okay? Freyond. Spelled F-R-E-O-N-D. And that's derived from an old English word, freon, which is the same spelling, just drop the D. And that word means to love. So a friend is somebody that you choose to love. And I want you to realize the big difference between the original meaning of the word and the modern definition of the word. And the difference is that the modern definition is enjoy. It's something that is inward and focused about your experience. Whereas the original definition of the word was an outward thing. You chose to love. You poured out on somebody. And we see this in Philippians 2. I think that great friendships hinge on the truths found in these verses. We learn that good friends are other-minded Others-minded people. They aren't thinking just about themselves. They would endeavor to think about other people and what things mean to other people. Not only do they value other people above themselves, but they actually act on it. They don't just have good intentions. They do those good things. They act on it by looking to bless and to benefit them. And I think that those are the true marks of a good friend. It's, it's different than the modern definition of friendship and joy, which is self-interest, versus choosing to love, which is others' interest. It's outward rather than inward. It's looking to give rather than receive. It's focused on others instead of self-focused. And it goes above just enjoying being with someone because the truth is you're not always going to enjoy being with everybody, even those people that you thought that you could never have a bad moment with. Speaking from personal experience, I had a best friend. And by the grace of God, I still do. But there was a period in time where I just could not stand being around him anymore. He was caught up in some unwise decisions. He was not pleasant to be around. And I fought this battle inside myself about, do I continue my friendship with him? Or should I just let this thing go? But I just never felt at peace about it because it didn't seem like that's what biblical friendship was. You don't hop out when the going gets rough. And after much prayer and 
much consideration. I actually set up a time where I talked to him and said, hey, this is where I think there's a problem in our friendship. And it's not just you like I thought it was. There's a lot on my part, too, where I haven't been a good friend to you. That was uh, two years ago. And by the grace of God, I can say that I still have a friendship with this guy. And I'm grateful because I have benefited a lot. And that's not why I'm friends with him. Honestly, there's been a lot more giving than receiving in this friendship with him. But I value him. I value him, and I hope that my relationship to Christ allows me to pour love into his life that allows him to love God more, that allows him to be a better person, that motivates him to try harder and do better things for Christ. So I want to give you a working definition of friendship. Dave Warren's liked working definitions. A friend is somebody that we choose to love not because of a specific thing about them that benefits us, but because we value their souls so much so that we want to bless them and better them through our friendship to them. Especially in regards to the relationship to God. The ultimate friend was Jesus Christ. The tail end of that passage that we read We read about Christ, and he has compassion on us. We don't have anything to benefit him. But he valued our souls so much so that he went ahead and undertook judgment that we deserved to better us and bless us through his friendship with us. That is the ultimate example of friendship. And I think that all the ways that he loves us, and you read about his patience and perseverance with the church through the scriptures, we can see examples of what a good friend looks like. How many of you think you know what a good friend looks like? Tell me some good things about good friends. What do they look like? They point out when you're sinning. sinning. Someone's been paying attention. Who else? Leah? Leah? They're encouraging. Lydia? They hold you accountable? Yeah. Keegan? They spend time pouring into you. It's not something you see a whole lot anymore. Who else? Thought I saw a hand. No? Seth? Their conversation is more than superficial. It actually benefits you. Or you benefit them sacrifice for them. These are all very good things. A good friend builds up. A good friend values the other person, and this can be lived out in many ways. Uh, For one, and the biggest thing, a good friend will draw you closer to God, whether through their own example or through the way that they encourage you to pursue him. If they want what's best for you, they will point you in the direction of Jesus and godliness, not the other way. People who point you the other way are not good friends. Good friends listen. They value what the other person has to say. They don't own the conversation. They aren't sitting there thinking about what they want to say next while the other person is talking. They actively take interest in that person. Good friends are dependable. They are there for you, even when the going gets rough. We see this in Scripture when John the disciple even followed Jesus to the cross. 
he was risking his own safety going there. Good friends are committed. They don't give up on the friendship because of the other person's failures. They don't give up because of their own failures. They value the relationship and they strive to make it work. We also see this in scripture when we look at how Jesus looked to restore his relationship with Peter and how Peter, instead of shrinking back in shame and guilt, looked to recommit himself to Jesus and make things right. Good friends build each other up and bless each other. David was a shepherd boy. Jonathan was a prince. Jonathan loved David so much that in front of the people, he took off all of his symbols of royalty and put them on David. And we see this again later when David was running from Saul in the wilderness, that he was discouraged. And Jonathan came out and found him and spent time encouraging him. That is a good friend even though Saul might have disowned Jonathan for doing it. Good friends help others succeed. They look for ways to help them accomplish their goals, and they value those goals like they're their own. And they are happy to bring joy to that other person. Good friends care for each other. Maybe some of you have read the book in Ruth. If not, that's okay. Uh, Naomi is an older Israelite woman living in Moab. Her husband and two sons die, and leaves her with her two daughter-in-laws, of which one of them leaves her. But Ruth stays and commits herself to Naomi and loves her as her own mother. And this famous confession of love we see in that book, for where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. She then follows Naomi, who is bitter and grieving, back to Israel, begins working in the fields with people who don't like her, so that she and Naomi can both have food and survive. Good friends use their words to speak life into each other. I read a short story from a woman on the internet while I was preparing this, and she says, I'm a third grade teacher. Most kids come in with notes or messages written by their mothers in their lunch sacks. But there is one little girl in the class whose little dad has left the family and her mother abuses drugs. But her 12-year-old brother never fails to write, I love you, on her brown paper bag for her. I think the list goes on and on about how to be a good friend. But we could also look at what bad friends look like. And some of the things range from lying and deceiving to giving up on people, controlling and manipulating, complaining, ungratefulness, unforgiveness, bitterness, belittling, distracting somebody from pursuing God. If you are that kind of friend, then you are not living out Ephesians 2, 3, and 4. You are not blessing or bettering people through your relationship to them. But I want to look at something else. Considering the series we're in right now, did you know that the roles that God has called you to as men and women have an effect on your friendships? They do, both with guys and with girls. If you are not faithful living out the role that you are called to live out, then you will struggle to be a good friend. And this is what I mean by that. First, it's within your own gender. Uh, When you fail to live out the godly role that God has called you to, you are neither influencing your friends in a good manner, nor are you setting a good example for them to do the same. 
dudes, when you fail to be men and you choose instead to act like little boys, you fail to be good friends. You fail to be good friends to other guys. You are always influencing your friends by the things you do. I want you to just think about that for a second. To draw them closer to God or to make them love the world. And I want you to think about this. If you're not looking at me, look up here at me right now. Because I'll tell you one thing. uh, One way that you could be better friends because I'm a guy and I know where we struggle. And I see how this is so deficient. You could start by giving a whole lot more effort to look for strengths. You could spend a whole lot more effort looking for the strengths of your friends and finding ways to build them up, especially by what you say to them. Does that make sense? I know how we guys are. We have lots of really stupid conversations about things that don't matter. And those things are fun and they're great. But I find that my best friends have found ways to speak into me that help build me up better as a man and help me walk better as a man. And you could do a whole lot more effort looking for those things and having those conversations with your friends. I understand that we don't have the same social, psychological makeup that women tend to have, so I don't expect you to chit-chat with your buds at all hours of the day. But your impact as a friend would be so much greater if you would just start looking for those things and then actually act on it and speak on them into their lives. You also don't set a good example for them to follow when you fail to live out the role that God has called you to do, when you instead take on attitudes of laziness or self-love or fail to stand up and be a man when you're called to. Ladies, when you fail to be women and choose instead to act like little girls, you fail to be good friends as well. Just like with the guys, when you fail to live out your God-given role, you influence your other lady friends. And I'm going to add this on. Just like I did with the guys, your impact as a friend would be a whole lot better if you chose to use your words for good instead of bad. You have the gift to gab, but a lot of times, girls will use this gift just to talk about themselves, their opinions, what they think of, instead of just listening and taking interest in something that someone else might have to say. Or it's just a time to talk about something else complain for a while. Or you just can't say anything encouraging at all and gracious unless it's about yourself. Secondly, I know that there is a lot of uncertainty about friendships between guys and girls. But I do want to say this, that I think these friendships can be good things just as much as they can be destructive things. When these friendships are had within the biblical grounds of love, respect, and wisdom and the roles to which we are called within our gender, great things can come from these friendships. But I will state this first, that if you are not a good friend to those of your same gender, you're probably not going to be a good friend to those who are not the same gender as you. And what I mean by this is the normal context with which friendships happen is usually within the same gender that we are. That's a good thing. That's a normal thing. Guys with guys and girls with girls because we should be encouraging each other with the things that we struggle with 
and with the things that are our strengths at the same time. A lot of this comes from just being who we are. Hopefully, I could help encourage and build up Ryan better because I understand how men struggle more so than one of his women friends is going to understand. And likewise for you girls. A lot of this comes from looking in at your own life as a guy or a girl and seeing those strengths and weaknesses and then valuing other people and trying to help them grow in those things as well. Build relationships confiding in each other about your struggles. Develop the ability to hold beneficial conversation with someone else who struggles with the same things that you are or is called to the same things that you are. We grow best in the context of community when others who struggle and grow like we do can speak into our lives and us into theirs. And if you can be a godly friend through the friendships you have with people of the same gender as you, I think that this will equip you to be a good friend to someone of the opposite gender. There's no reason guys can't relate with girls or vice versa, but, and these relationships can be a big blessing, but they are best had when each side is faithfully living out what they're called to. Guys, I hope that you are in the practice of being good servant leaders among your friends. Don't back down from hard things because you don't want to do them. Be the one to point people in the right direction even when nobody likes it. Speak wisdom and promote self-control. Look for opportunities to better people. And instead of belittling or making fun of the ladies, look for their strengths and promote and encourage them to do better. Girls, use your words to build up your guy friends. Encourage them to do these hard things. It's hard doing something hard and then failing and having to deal with that. But it's even worse when the people around you are making a big deal about it too. And be a joy to be around in what you do and say. But before we end, I want to talk about something else and that there has to be some boundaries in those friendships or else people are going to get hurt. First, when you begin to treat someone of the opposite gender with exclusive attention, you can develop feelings of attachment from either parties to each other that shouldn't be there yet. If you are a guy and your best friend is a girl, you can develop an attachment between the two of you that keeps either of you from being able to move on to a romantic relationship with somebody else one day. You run the risk of building a dependency on each other that you needn't have at this point unless you're looking to have an intentional relationship. Essentially, you are acting as though you were a couple. And we can see this in different ways. We see it when uh, you confide in each other. Things that husbands and wives do. When my wife has something impersonal that she needs to share, she usually comes to me. But if she were going to another guy, or if I had things and I was going to another girl, I think you and I would both have to be concerned about the nature of that relationship with those people. Because that's the way those relationships work. Men, within our marriage, we are called to protect and be strong for our wives. And when you have a girl confiding in you, very often she's looking for those things. 
Ladies, when a, a guy is confiding in you, he's looking for help, someone to encourage him and build him up. And when it is done outside of marriage, like in exclusive friendships, it can lead to deeper attachments that are health, then are what healthy for that relationship and lead to somebody getting hurt. And lastly, I'll add on this little bit. Um, don't be generous with physical affection. It doesn't always mean the same thing to everybody. What may just be a hug to you might actually mean a whole lot more to somebody else. So it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. 